Welcome to the 100th episode of the Jackson Hole Connection, brought to you by Jackson Hole Marketplace, the place to visit in Jackson Hole. Check us out at the jacksonholeconnection.com slash JHM to learn more. Hello from Jackson Hole. I'm Stefan Abrams, your host and guide today for episode number 100. Each week for the past 100 episodes, I sit with someone connected to Jackson Hole to share their fascinating story about daily life. I feel we have so much to learn from each other, and I intend to search out people and their stories, which will teach us all a little bit about life outside of our everyday circle. My guest today is the 100th person for me to interview, Jeanette Woodling, also known by everybody as Moosey. And Moosey will be 98 years old this October 31st. Moosey will share with us what brought her out to this amazing valley over 70 years ago. Moosey shares with us her experience of traveling to Jackson Hole the first time and what life was like when the winters were longer and the population was fewer by many. You'll love Moosey's quick wit and light sense of humor. I'm honored and pleased that we have the technology today, which allowed me to safely interview Moosey during the COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome, everybody, to the Jackson Hole Connection. This is episode number 100, and I'm delighted to have Moosey, a.k.a. Jeanette Woodling, as my guest today. And I want to give everybody a little bit of insight to where and how I'm interviewing Moosey today. Moosey lives at St. John's Living Center here in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And, but due to COVID-19, there are no guests allowed inside the center. So I am actually sitting outdoors of the front doors of the St. John's Living Center. And Moosey, being a technological master born in 1922, is connected to me. We are connected together via Zoom. She has her high-tech headset on. She has her high-tech tablet and video, so I get to see Moosey as well right now, and she gets to see me. So if you hear a little bit of background noise, that's the construction for building the new living center for here at St. John's Hospital, or maybe some birds chirping or some wind blowing. And I am absolutely thrilled, honored, delighted, and pleased, and so happy to be here with Moosey today. Moosey, thank you for taking some time out of your breakfast, out of your morning, to join me here at the Jackson Hole Connection. Welcome. Nice to see you this morning. Pleasure, Major. So, Moosey, you were born in October 31st, 1922, and you gave me a little joke earlier. You have a delightful humor, and you said, that makes me an old witch. <laughs> a bat and whatever else. Born on Halloween. Born on Halloween. Is and so tell me, where were you born, Moosey? In a hospital. In a hospital. <laughs> In Akron, Ohio. All right. And how long was it before you moved out here to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, to this valley? Do you remember the year you moved out here? Well, to start with, I was an employee of Goodyear Tire Rubber Company in Akron. And when we got laid off after the war... It was uh, hard to get uh, work. So I wrote to National Parks and Summer Resorts, and out of all the letters I wrote, Yellowstone was the only one to offer me a job. So when the application came, 
I found out that you cannot drive a car. They will not let employees drive a car, have a car, because where would the dudes park? So the YP company came up to Billings and West Yellowstone and goodness knows where and picked everybody up and then brought us to our station. And I was working at uh, Old Faithful in the cafeteria then. And uh, I worked two summers up at Old Faithful, 1950 and 51. And I came down, well then of course, when you don't have a car, the supervisors went around to the different tables and say, if you see people out on the road hitchhiking, be sure to pick them up because they would not see the park uh, all summer long if they didn't get to go around with you folks. Well, that was my introduction to hitchhiking and I wouldn't trade it for anything. <laughs> and, um, many years they hitchhiking. And I don't think and they allow you. Here. I don't think they allow you to hitchhike anymore. I don't think it's legal in the national parks anymore. Well, it's not legal anyplace. It's not legal anywhere. And I think, uh, oh, maybe in the seventies was probably the last time I did some hitchhiking. Seventies or early eighties. And then when I got, down, <laughs> I'll tell you this one. When I got down to. Uh, Legacy Lodge. It was in the winter, and I thought it was real nice and nice snow on the trees and the bushes. I'm going to take my snow poles, and I'm going to go out and take a picture of the Legacy Lodge in the front, and it was so pretty. Somebody came back to me, where are you going, Moose? Oh, I'm going to go out here in front and take a picture. Oh, no, you aren't. Oh, yes, I am. I'm going out on the road. Well, they went, they finally went along with me so I could get my picture, and I got it. But it's too far out of civilization, and it, it takes you a long time just to get from there to into town, let alone where you want to go. So, Moosey, I want to have you clarify for people. When you got laid off from Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company, you said it was after the war, and so time-wise, that was after World War II, correct? Yeah, because I wasn't born before then. That, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You were not around for World War I, indeed. <laughs> and um, you are the first person I've spoken to who, especially as a female, who worked during that age. Were you recruited to go take the to go work on the assembly line there no i worked in the office you worked in the office okay at goodyear mm -hmm. all right and when you left akron ohio and came out here was that via train how did you arrive to billings you, i think you said that you went from akron to billings and they picked you the uh, staffers picked you up in billings yeah yeah we were um when we got to Chicago, uh, we picked another one or two train loads of employees from the Far East. And then, of course, then we came from Chicago all the rest of the way out and got picked up in Billings, I believe it was, mm -hmm. with a YP company. And the YP company doesn't exist anymore. It's Exentera, Exentera Company mm -hmm. in Yellowstone. So you landed here and um, 
up in Yellowstone National Park, and you said in that you 1950, were... In 1950, uh, May, the first year I had to be here, May 5th and May the 8th, and I don't remember which was which, but we came and we got out here. I never saw so much snow in all my born days, tons and tons, everywhere you look. And then I, after I got past Chicago, I didn't hardly miss home at all because it was all so new. And so you worked in Yellowstone your first year. Do you recall how many years you worked up in Yellowstone National Park? Two summers. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then after that, what did you do? Oh, dear. Uh, well, I was on a hitchhiking bit. I had been out many of the gates up there, but I'd never been south. And so a couple at dinner time say tonight, who has a day off tomorrow? And we're going to the Teton Park. I said, oh, I am. I have the day off tomorrow. Meet us at the Haynes Picture Shop at 6.30 tomorrow morning, and we'll take you. And this couple were, I don't know their names, but they were from someplace in Indiana. So we went, came down, had breakfast at Moran at the dam where the town of Moran used to be. And then just looked around there for a while and had breakfast and came home. Oh, and then they have an art studio there. And we stopped in the studio for a little bit. And my goodness me, the couple that ran it had background classical music. And you could it'd be really relaxing and restful for everybody and the people that came in, look at the pictures and postcards and frame pictures and Oh, anything they had to offer, and we were right down, no, no, Moran, we were, we were by the dam up in Moran, we were, so I worked for this couple of Crandall's daughter and son-in-law, who was Keita and Herb Powell, P-O-W-N-A-L-L, -L. and then the second summer, he wanted to uh, have a man worked for him because he had chores that needed man's uh, help. So they put me down to Moose, and I worked in the gift shop and grocery store there, and that was not very far from Dornan's at the chuck wagon. Well, I did that, and then, then there was a problem somehow, and I don't know how it was, but the lady that ran the post office was losing her help, so they asked the Langs if she could come over for me. Well, I unbeknown, I didn't know this until the day that it had, took place. Well, I worked for them in their store uh, that summer. And then uh, next year, oh, well, and in the meantime, I thought, what am I, I going to do? I just can't be going home every year without a job or can't, you shouldn't go. And so the Palnalls helped me get a little job of working or keeping house for their neighbor man, who was uh, Harold T. Mapes, M-A-P-E-S, from, uh, he had a nice log home at uh, Moose, and I will send you over there for an interview if you want. I said, well, I got to try something. So this man came down and interviewed me, and and then his family, his wife, no, his daughter and son-in-law run the Triangle X Ranch. 
And so then I had an interview uh, a couple times. And then Mr. Mapes decided he thought he wanted me. But in the meantime, he asked Louise, his daughter, to come down and size me up and see what she thought of me to do this kind of a job. Well, she brought all her dudes down, and of course I didn't know didn't know her from anybody. Well, after a while, Skipper finally says, "I'm it." Well, I happy day I had a job for the winter. Well, in the meantime, I I told my mom and dad back home, and uh, oh boy, they took the next plane out. They wanted to know who in the world am I going to stay with in the winter in all that snow and cold. Well, we had a nice visit. And mom and dad approved, and so I, I've stayed at uh, worked for the large company about 10 or 11 years. Then I kept house for him in the winter, and he went to the ranch to help take care of the dudes, take them on horseback rides, tour guides, and lectured. And uh, I went up to the lodge, Jackson Lake Lodge. So I had about 10 or 11 years service at the lodge company between Jackson Lake Lodge and Jenny. And then after a while, working at, uh, oh, I like to stay in Doug Harbor. I, I loved it. It's a real nice, cozy log cabin, beautiful view of the mountains. And it's, it's really, really nice. Well, then I got to be a little bit more work and, and I had to quit. So we wound up down here at the hospital a lady that was in charge of medical records wanted me to come down and she'd teach me some of the ins and outs. So I came down here and worked in medical records at the old, no, well, yeah, I guess it was well, the old hospital, I guess you'd say, about five years or so. And uh, the administrator decided to lay off about five of us. So where am I going to go get a job in the fall? In October, well, there was nothing to do except come to town and take this job. So I did. And then I finally got an invitation to take a trip to Europe with uh, Dan Klassen. And I said, well, this is the end of working days. I'm going on a trip. So I went there. Then I came back. And of course, I stayed uh, in the winter with Skipper. And well, then, you know, when I moved to town, I had a nice place to stay. And then I got a little bit, oh, then I had to have hip surgery, left hip surgery, because for about a year, my left leg just felt like popcorn was popping every move I made for a year. And I wondered, when in the world am I going to get this operation done? Well, finally got it done, I think it was two years ago, on the 5th of December. Well, we did a little bit of therapy, but it didn't it didn't work too good, and I can't walk, so I'm kind of grounded to a wheelchair, which I'm not just crazy about. But now with this virus business, we're all having a good time staying in our own room and uh, making the best of it, and the people here bring our food to us and our meals. And once in a while, if anybody has a little time, they'll take us for a half hour, an hour walk outside, and that's a real treat. Then just this few weeks ago, our activity director took us on a loop trip up 
to Yellowstone and then down to Jenny and home. And that was sure a nice day out. But it was cloudy and overcast, but at least we got to go out and see a lot of beautiful flowers. And then while we're uh, coming by at Jenny, <laughs> and just a little bit this side of Jenny Lodge, if I could open my window, I could down here and pet a, a young, oh dear, what was he? A fox, a young fox. I could have petted him out the window as easy as anything. But of course, we were not, not allowed off of the bus, so at least we saw that. We saw some buffalo and uh, some of the pretty flowers and, and then came home. Moosey, thank you for sharing that summary of what life was like for you moving here to Jackson and how, and I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that you and all the other residents are safe there at St. John's. And oh, let me, let me tell you this one. Yes, ma'am. Oh, what a, no, what is it? Oh, when I was staying at Snug Harbor with Skipper Meeps, he taught me how to snowshoe and ski. So I could do cross-country skiing some, and of course snowshoes most of the time. And that was nice, and once in a while in the fall, he let me out on the wood pile to split wood. And then it's always uh, a nice walk down the moose to get the mail and come home. And well, I just, just kept house for him. That's about it. So, Moosey, I'd like for you to share with folks why it was so important that you had a job in the winter and also was it a challenge to find a job were there not was it a challenge but were there many jobs in the winter out here back then mm-hmm. no there were, well i don't think so and of course i was really prejudiced i want to stay up country i don't want to come to town for anybody the vicinity the nice layout and skipper in the mountains and all the hikes, every day off, I went on a, anywhere from a 10 to a 15 mile round trip hike someplace. And that was always nice, a high country and flowers and the mountains in different positions. And you always met nice people on the trail. How are you? Where have you been? Or where are you going? Or where's home? So we stand and visit for a little bit and everybody goes their own way. Back then, when you were living up in that area, Snug Harbor, during the winter time, there was quite a bit of seclusion back then. And as you mentioned, you didn't come to town, if at all, which meant travel over the snow to Jackson. So back then, well, you hitchhike. Were, hitchhike. You would hitchhike in the winter time. Well, sure. Okay. I'll hitchhike any place in the winter. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah. Then I'd, I'd hitch to town to get a few groceries, uh, pay some bills, or do whatever Skipper wanted me to do. And then I'd hitch home, and uh, you just got to be sure of your time, whatever time you left, and kind of be sure there's some people on the road to come home. And, well, I, I should be home around 4 o'clock to think about getting dinner in the evening. And... Uh, and then when I went on these hikes, you got to get on the boat at a certain time and be down to the boat dock if you want to get home. Well, <laughs> one day, one day I didn't quite make it. Ah, there goes the boat halfway across the lake. 
So I had an extra two miles I had to walk around Jenny uh, to get out on the road to hitchhike back up to Jackson Lake Lodge, I guess it was that time. But uh, hitchhiking, well, that was, that was, that was the transportation. You either did that or stay home. And I wasn't going to stay home very long. And, and did you prefer using your, your thumb on your left hand or your right hand for hitchhiking? <laughs> oh, dear. The right and, one did the best. The right one got you more, more, uh, more rides than the left one did? No. So, I, well, what, what am I, am I supposed to tell tales out of school? <laughs> well, you can tell all the tales you want. You're, you're well, 90, you'll be 98 years old. Well, uh, this one day I wanted to go up and do some uh, pictures of the autumn colors up by the dam. And uh, the lodge bus would be down here and leave at whatever time. So the bus driver says, well, just be here tomorrow or whatever, and I'll take you up. I said, okay, that's good. Well, then she says, do you want to get dropped off down here at the junction? I said, well, that's a good idea. I'll start here and work up, work my way up the hill so I could get the colored flowers. Well, the farther up the hill I went, the farther away the trees were. And then I had to go through sagebrush, and I didn't know I can't do that. So I went on up, and then I went over on the cemetery road, and I thought, well, I could, from the cemetery road, I can look down on a field of flowers, and they were too far down, and I couldn't get there. Well, pretty soon, one of the boys from the lodge came over on his bike, and uh, for some exercise, I guess, and he said, would you like to have a glass of water? I said, oh, I sure would, because it was hot that day that I went. It was really warm. So he had a water bottle and uh, stashed underneath his bike. So I had some water, and all of a sudden he disappeared. So I got to walk with the old bumpy road back to the highway there. Next thing I know, here comes a park ranger. Where are you going? I was going home. Jackson Lake like the lodge. Get in, and I'll take you. So then I stayed at the lodge until uh, oh the. Five o'clock bus came back to town, and that was the ride back. That was uh, quite a deal. That's, uh, well, then I'll tell you another one. Uh, I decided I was going to come up and see Mrs. Crandall at Moose. It was her daughter and son-in-law I worked for at Moran. So I came down in the afternoon to have a nice visit because she had just been a widow not too long. And we sat there and had a nice visit and talked. And uh, on all different subjects. Then I'm looking up on the hill. Well, there's no cars coming. There's no cars coming. Pretty soon here comes one. We still talk. The sun's going down. The sun's going down. It's getting a little darker. Well, am I ever going to get a ride? I said, well, Mrs. Crandall, I said, I'll, I'll call you when I get home. So I had a nice walk from Moose all the way down to the airport. And then that's when the the airport locked the door for the night. That was my ride into town. If I wouldn't have had him, I'd still be walking. Oh. That's quite a few miles to walk. 
that, that's a long, long. Uh, that's trip. a long, long trip. I'll tell you, I was really tired by the time I got downtown. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Mrs. Crandall and I had a nice visit. And I, I, that's a, anything moves from Miranda's home to me. So I was always glad to get up there anytime. I'll be right back with Moosey after this quick message from the show's sponsor. Jackson Hole Marketplace is serving badass sandwiches right here in Jackson Hole. Jackson Hole Marketplace is the place to find the best corned beef and pastrami sandwich. Made using 460 bakery bread and Cy Ginsburg deli meats, you won't find a better corned beef or pastrami sandwich in town. My personal favorite is the half and half with a little touch of yellow mustard right on 460 Bakery Rye Bread, and I'm good to go. Jackson Hole Marketplace, a convenient neighborhood market, which is conveniently located a few minutes south of town. Visit the jacksonholeconnection.com slash JHM to learn more about the badass deli. Moosey, I'm interested to know from your perspective, you'll be turning 98 years of age this October which is a beautiful life, you know, beautiful life that you've lived. What are some of the things that you feel that you've seen come about during your lifetime that you've never thought you would have seen that are used in daily life today? <laughs> right now it's a virus. This is a never dream of such a thing. And of course, when I first went up, uh, or came out here, oh, I thought, my goodness, if I stayed five years or five seasons, I'd have enough. I wouldn't want any more because I'm too far out of civilization. And I said, oh, well, then after you meet the nice people and work for the wonderful people I did and meet all these folks on the trails and on the cars, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Unless you're, unless you're out here and do it, you can't really uh, visualize or have the same feeling. Moosey, I certainly understand your emotion in that statement because I, I enjoy being on the trails as well. And my wife and I take our little boys out hiking and go explore and see everything that you can put, set your eyes on that out there. <laughs> But also, also, I got to thank God for as good a health as I've had, <laughs> and I've been able to do all this. Well, that's important to remember that person. That's important to include God in that, too, because I'm sure he's had a, a strong play in, in, in your longevity and good life. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I know what you're saying about getting out there and just talking to people and having conversations, and that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast, because I just see this oh. as is visiting and, and and it's wonderful that that we get to have this time um well, then, I'll, then i'll say one more thing please do it seems like everybody to me it seems that way anybody that lives at east moose just stayed on your own side the river and all the west moose stayed on their side the river and you know who anybody is or you got an idea what they look like and so the only way you ever see them is going to the post office and get the mail. Then you'll have a little visit down there, and each one goes their separate way. 
So the post office was quite a, a social epicenter for, for you folks living up at Moose. Oh, well, I'll tell you another one. That's a good one. This goes back when uh, Skipper would let me go once in a while with him on the mail route up in the park. And so we go here and go there and drop the mail off at the mailboxes and not always see people, but we did. And then up at Old Park headquarters, uh, Jim, Jim Range came over on my side of the truck and I had to get over here. And he said, well, you're gonna drive from here up to Moose, no, up to Moran, and you gotta back in on the, on the platform and don't get any wheels overboard. Well, of course, I took my side of the road, uh, took the middle of the road half the time, and I, I steered, I got along pretty good. And I backed into the post office and we left the mail off and he said, well, I've got to get the truck back to town by a certain time, so I'll drive back home. But that was my introduction to driving a mail truck to Moran. That's a nice story. I appreciate you, you sharing that. And <laughs> I, do, I do have a question for you. You have a beautiful disposition and lots of high energy. What is your secret to life of living a full life that you would like to share with people so they can have an idea of how they could live a full, happy life? Well, I'm going to start saying get, get rid of all the bars and all the liquor in town and take care of your family and your children in a moral, disciplinary way. So do you know that I own a liquor store? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Um, so I take it that you, you do not drink and you never have drank. Well, if you want to do that, you could pack your bags and leave, my folks <laughs> always said. Shame on you. Well, I certainly... Where's, where's your liquor store? It's right next to Albertsons. And I certainly oh. respect and, and value your, your position on that. <laughs> yes, there's, there's many people that, that don't like the, the fire water in the bottle. For sure. Well, um, an odor is terrible. And what are you bringing up your family for in that, uh, in that uh, uh, surrounding? So if you want the town to be a halfway uh, decent community, that's one way of doing it. And get the doggone real estate people to quit tearing down the homes and building these new modern things. It's not Jackson Hole. So I, I am interested about why do you like talking to people what 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 do you um what do you receive out of having conversations with folks because you seems like you're quite a, a great conversationalist well i don't know exactly how to answer that you kind of size people up on the trail what they're wearing hiking clothes or if they're a dude from out of town and they don't know what to, where they're going or what's happening that's you kind of give them an insight of what to expect on the trail and uh, hope you enjoy yours. I hope you're getting some nice pictures and uh, just uh, then some of them, of course, they'll bite, be late and they got to get down to the boat dock. So they're in a hurry, but somebody else isn't. And we wouldn't talk very long, just a few, few words and pass each other. Uh, well, it's just like the hitchhiking. The people probably size me up whether they want me in their car or not. Sometimes there's two people, 
sometimes as a family and some youngsters, then if I like them and they like me pretty good, we'll see where we stop. And starting up in Yellowstone, uh, there's a book out, two books, uh, Cubby in Wonderland and Cubby Returns by Mary Joyce, Francis Joyce Farnsworth. And it's, it's a bear story with a mama bear taking her young one around the park and what you can see, what you don't see, what you smell. Keep your hands, your feet out of the hot water pools and all this kind of stuff. And it's just a, a real nice kid's book. And so every once in a while, I would give a family one or two of those books to keep for a, me a memory. And then I've given to them, them to, and the last I knew they were still available, but the uh, hard to come by at the visitor center and then the visitor center out at West Yellowstone. But those, those are nice. And then of course there's the, the books on mountain climbing and hiking and uh, fishing and hunting and all the rules about that. And here in town, you, you just got, well, you have to stay here in the winter to do this. And take the sled right out on the refuge and see the elk and get a lot of close pictures. But dress warm because you never know when the wind's going to show up and it can be real cold and uh, wear heavy clothes. And then uh, sometimes you can go out and the weather is just perfect and calm as can be. And that's a favorite thing to do in the winter. And of course, skiing and snowshoeing and uh, well, some mountain climbing, I guess. As, uh, well, you just have to pick and choose whatever is kind of in your realm. Moosey, were you, did you fish much when you were out here? <laughs> yeah, mountain climbing. Oh, I, I, well, that goes back to, I decided I'm going to go to climbing school. I'm going to try it. So I went over, they had a climbing school at Jenny Lake, and a skipper gave me a, an old red and black wool shirt he had, because uh, I didn't have anything to protect my arms. And he let me wear that. I went over, and whoever the leader was, he's trying to teach you how to make the knots one way, and, uh, the next time I went, they showed us how to make them the opposite way. Well, of course, me, it was beyond me. But anyway, we went over and tried to climb the ledges up on the hillside over there at, on the far side of Jenny. Well, it was really hard to put your arms kind of level with the next uh, area where you were going to try to climb. Oh, I can't make it, I can't make it quite. Well, we got how many people on that on that group? If we're gonna wait for you, well, we're never gonna get home. So they just relax, I'll pull you up. <laughs> so the guy pulled me up on the slope up there and I lost a couple buttons and uh, tore the shirt a little bit. And I said, well, that's too high for me. I just can't do Heights. So that was the end of my climbing experience. 
Well, I was glad I did. I know what you mean. I had a very short climbing career out here as well. Um, maybe just once or twice. Very, very short. Yeah. Well, those, uh, well, those people that teach you really know what they're doing, I'll say. Yes. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Well, Moosey, your time is so appreciated. And I congratulate you on a beautiful 98 years of life. There's so much that we all have to learn from you. And I appreciate you sharing your stories and your zest for life. And thank you for joining me today. And I, I wish you all the best. And well, thank you. Well, I would appreciate it when we get out of hibernation. <laughs> I won't know how to act when we get out of here, if we ever do. Well, if you... Um, if they, Pray God, I hope we do here before long. Well, if you, whenever it happens that you get out of hibernation, just don't get yourself kicked out of the cowboy bar from causing too much of a ruckus over oh, there. Oh, okay, that makes me think of another one. When I, fir when I first came out uh, to Teton Park and was going to work for Crandall's, I got off the train in Rock Springs, and in Rock Springs, you took the mail. Yeah, you take the mail truck to Jackson. Well, the bus driver says, there's somebody that's getting off here to go to Jackson. Who is it? And I'm half asleep or awake. I raised my hand. I said, I am. He says, this is where you get off to go to Moran at uh, 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So the hotel's across the street. So I went over there and had about four hours of catnap. Had to get up real quick and take a bus to come up here to Jackson. And when we got here, the bus driver left us off at the cowboy bar. Oh my God, cowboy bar, I never been in bars. And have my boss from Moran coming down and pick me in a cowboy bar? Well, it's a disgrace to humanity. Well, he <laughs> came down and I saw me because I guess that's where we had to, everybody disembarked then. So he says, well, how about a glass of something? I don't know. I said, no, sorry, I don't do that. You want a glass of orange juice? I said, yeah, I'll take a glass of orange juice. So then Keaton Herb came down and got me and I just felt awful going to my first job and getting picked up at a bar. That was, and very seldom I ever go unless somebody wants to go for dinner sometimes or lunch. But other than that, that's a no-no. Put a firecracker to every bar there is. Sorry about that, buddy. Oh, that's all right. I, I can handle it. Yeah, <laughs> I can handle it. Well, Moosey, you go have a great day, and I appreciate your time, and, and I appreciate that last story about the cowboy bar. I'm sure they'll love hearing it. And you're probably the purest, sweetest soul that ever walked in the cowboy bar. <laughs> well, you're going to have to send me a copy of this story. I will certainly do. I'll, make, <laughs> I'll get it to you for sure. And, and I'll see how many mistakes I made. I don't think I made any particularly. Well, at 98, you, you, you can't make any mistakes. Everything, yeah. everything is true at 98. Yep. <laughs> well, I just... Uh, I try to make it as true and honest and fair as I can. I'm, I'm sure you do, and I appreciate that. All right, Moosey, I'm going to sign off now. 
And um, thank you for your time. Have a good day. Well, listen, whenever you have some more time, let's just have another little right to. We can do that. I love this right to with you. <laughs> okay. All right. Take care. Smiley. Smiley. Thank <laughs> I try. <laughs> to learn more about Moosey and historic life in the Valley, please visit jacksonholeconnection.com, episode number 100. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. Get out there and give us some sharing and reviews. We love five stars. Many thanks to everybody who helps keep this podcast going each week. My marketing and editor, Michael Morey, my wife and boys, thank you so much. And I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode and look forward to seeing you back here for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.